With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello, I'm Barry Castanola and welcome to the second episode of the Euros panel show quiz and chat hybrid podcast, Never Write Off the Germans. We're recording this at 5pm on Tuesday the 15th of June and what a dramatic rollercoaster ride of an opening few days it's been. Thankfully, Christian Eriksen is recovering well in hospital after his collapse in Denmark's opening game against the Euros debutants Finland. And the shock of seeing that sickening collapse was only slightly greater than finding out they were resuming the game a couple of hours later. All three nations have been in action. A good performance and win from England against a lacklustre Croatia. A bad performance and fortunate draw for the Welsh against Switzerland. And a pretty good performance from Scotland who were unlucky to lose 2-0 against the Czech Republic. Not helped by keeper David Marshall being caught way off his line and ending up flailing around in his net like an unlucky dolphin. Now, before we start, I am both pleased and obliged to tell you uh, that the sponsors of the show are the makers of the premium gaming peripherals HyperX, and they're offering UK-based customers 20% off their entire full range of gaming headsets uh, throughout this tournament. That's the 11th of June to the 11th of July. Uh, head over to uk.hyperx.com to read the terms and conditions and use the discount code EURO2020 once at the checkout. That's uk.hyperx.com, discount code EURO2020, terms and conditions apply. So, uh, joining me on today's episode, I have three esteemed guests, and I'll tell you what, it's not the most diverse panel ever, but if you're a fan <laughs> of white middle-aged men, then boy, are you in luck today. <laughs> First of all, uh, we we have the multi-award winning comedian and host of BBC Scotland's The Good, The Bad and The Ugly, a regular guest on Breaking the News and Question Time Extra Time on BBC Radio 5 Live, a very funny man, a decent man and a good friend. It's Mr Mark Nelson. How are you, Mark? I'm all right, Barry. I don't really like the middle-aged men. I'm only 40. <laughs> I've not got <laughs> into that fucking category yet, surely. <laughs> what, what, do we, what do we count as middle-aged then? Is it, I mean, just, I, I was sort of taking it as, a, as the sort of average of uh, most people about 80. 
I'd say, ah, yeah. So that's so you're middle-aged then? Yeah. yeah. yeah I mean. <laughs> face, up, face up to it, Nelson. There's some fact. There's some facts coming your way this program. And, and I'll tell you what, if, if, if we're going by expe- by life expectancy, mate, you're, you're an OAP. Now, oh, Christ, that was I'm the voice, <laughs> the other voice you heard there uh, was the voice of comedian, author, columnist, corporate speaker, blogger, podcaster, mod, and of course, chutney maker, Ian Moore. Hello, Ian. <laughs> Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, everyone. I'm good, I'm good thank you. I- Ian Moore, who is a chutney maker, but I once witnessed him take a whole day to eat one cheese sandwich. I don't remember. <laughs> a whole day. It was it was an extraordinary thing. We were doing a gig on the Isle of Wight, and every now and then he would pull out a lunchbox and he would open it up and he would take out a, a, a sandwich and he'd nibble the edge of this cheese sandwich and put it back. And I was like, why why are you only eating a bit of it? Save it for I, later. I, I have a problem uh, eating in public. I, I just I just I just can't do it. I just I have I can make stuff. For other people, but don't don't ask me to eat in front of you. I'd rather perform. <laughs> a comedy, obviously. Comedy, I'm saying, obviously. Uh, Ian's also the author of best-selling books, A la Mod, uh, My So-Called Tranquil Family Life in Rural France, uh, C'est Mo- Modnifique. Is that it? Yeah, Modnifique. That's it, yeah. Know, yeah. Uh, Adventures of an English Grump in Rural France and, and a novelist now as well. Three, yep. two novels, two novels and a series of short stories. What, uh, what I've got, I had a, no, my, my first properly published novel comes out at the beginning of July, uh, Death and Croissant, which is a, a murderous romp around the Loire Valley or French people reading about the Scottish game over breakfast. It's it's however, however you want to put it. Okay, well, and that'll be available when? First uh, of July and that's out. First of July in all good bookshops. That's what they say, and it always wants to say that. And uh, and finally, Boyd Hilton. No, not the British historian, professor, and fellow of Trinity College, Cambridge. That bloke hates football. He's into William the Pit, William the Pit the Younger. Oh, I messed that up, didn't I? I'm not, I'm not, we're not doing that again. Fine. No, this is the other. <laughs> this is the other Boyd Hilton, uh, TV editor of Heat magazine and uh, host of Footballistically Arsenal podcast. Uh, but I'm not going to hold that against him being an Arsenal fan. Welcome, Boyd. How are you? Thanks, Barry. I'm very well. I am proudly middle-aged, and um, it's good that this podcast is even less diverse than GB News, um, which, <laughs> which is quite a feat. <laughs> and only, only slightly more racist. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out, won't we, Mark, how racist it can be. Yeah. I'm, I'm French, so, you know, I, right. I, you yeah. know I, there is a bit of diversity there. Just, just to kick this off, because uh, we are going to be having some, uh, basically, we're going to have some chat about the Euros and a, f- a few questions, a bit of trivia uh, along the way to win uh, absolutely nothing. There's no prize, just uh, just pride, really. Um, but I, I messed up a, a reference there to uh, to Pitt the Younger. Can anyone tell me an interesting fact for, for an opening point? Let's go highbrow right at the beginning of the show. Tell me an interesting fact about Pitt the Younger. Anyone. He was older than Pitt the Older. No, he was his son. Pitt the Elder. Pitt the Younger was the youngest Prime Minister of Great Britain right. in 1783. Was he, was he like 18 or something? When he, he, became... was t- he was 24, but I'll, oh, I'll, give you, I'll, give you a, I'll give you a point for that anyway. Okay, thanks. Only six years out. Closest, <laughs> Thank you. Clo- yeah, Very generous. I, I was going by closest wins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> so, uh, first of all, how are we enjoying it, Mark? How are you enjoying the Euros so far? I was enjoying it up until about <laughs> half past two yesterday. Uh, yeah, it's, it's been an all right tournament. Uh, I don't think it's properly kicked in yet. Uh, there hasn't been that many classic games. I thought Dutch against the Ukraine was a good game. And then tonight's games, France-Germany is the, the big tie of the first group of games. But yeah, it's been it's been good. And what's been good is that the, the, the big players that you expect to turn it on have turned up so far. 
I knew I knew that you would mention the uh, the, the Holland game because the winner was scored by a bloke called Dumfries. So yes, I knew, Den- I, I knew, Denzel Dumfries. Yeah. I knew you'd have something to say about that. Um, have you? Have you? How many games have you watched, Boyd? Oh, um, pretty much all of them, I think. Yeah, I think so. If I, if I haven't been watching them, then I've been listening to them on the radio. I went to the park yesterday and listened to uh, the Scotland game on the radio. Um, but I'm loving it. Yeah, I mean, it hasn't. It, there's already been like myriad things to talk about. An incredible goal scored against Scotland. Sorry, Mark. Um, the uh, just and just the general the TV coverage is fascinating. Um, the pundits, the you know, there's just ev- every match. There's something weird and interesting to discuss. So even though it hasn't hit any footballing heights, and in fact, you could say the England perform England game was probably the most boring game so far. I think in many ways, um, but nevertheless, um, I think it's fascinating. Yeah, I, I, so I'm loving. It. I took the week off this week off from work just so that I can immerse myself in it fully. Uh, but I, but I would say when it comes to quizzes, I can't even remember my own name. So um, don't, don't expect. <laughs> even though I've watched every single game, I listen to the way, Don't expect I can remember any of it. You talk about the punditry. There was a classic uh, Rio Ferdinand moment after the Italy game, uh, where he said, "After that game, people are going to have to sit up and stand up." <laughs> yeah, which, that, which, yeah. One, which one is it, Rio? That's classic. Yeah. Classic are they sitting or are they standing? Ian, yeah. what's your favourite game so far? Well, he always said, "Stay on your feet." He's always he's just mixing it about now, isn't he? Um, my favourite game so far, I don't, I don't know. I've, I've kind of dipped into all of them so far because I, what I like about a tournament is to be in one place for the whole tournament for me. And but I also like the tournament to be in one place. So I think it feels slightly disconnected because it's all over the shop. So yeah. you know, you, you're all you need a sense of place. I really think you do, especially with smaller crowds as we are. But obviously, they couldn't foresee that, but. Let's be honest, it was a bad idea in the first place. But It, um, it was an awful idea. It was a sort of vanity project of uh, Michel Platini, uh, yes, wasn't it, yes, really? Uh, yes. and, and, and also, it was a bad decision before the pandemic, uh, and now it's yeah. turned into yeah. a, an absolutely shocking I, I, decision. I, I do think it has. I mean, whether anybody, whether they could have had a whole load of people descend on one place, anyway, I don't know. Um, so maybe it's worked out logistically for those reasons. I don't know. Either way, it just feels slightly disconnected, the whole thing. But I'm enjoying it. I, there's no match that particularly stands out for me. I enjoyed sort of the first 20 minutes of the England game. And I, I this is, I, let hear me out here, Mark. I enjoyed the Scotland game yesterday because um, I had to watch it in my office and I had this dodgy VPN, a very, very bad internet. So and I, every time I watched it, I was able to get, the vision on it, Scotland played fine and they were attacking. And, yeah. and then every time the internet went down, Scotland conceded. Now, I don't know if the entire internet has been injected by uh, 5G and Bill Gates, but I think <laughs> maybe we should look into this because I thought Scotland played really well. It was just unlucky. It's probably that bastard Yuri Geller again. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> if in doubt, blame Yuri Geller, yeah. He's <laughs> just sitting well, on the sideline bending spoons, yeah. <laughs> Well, this seems as good a time as any to start with our first clip. So, uh, Leon, can we have our first clip, please? Jack Hendry tries again, but it could be costly because it's the Czech Republic on the break. And Patrick Sheik has scored again. You have to just admire the vision, the skill to, to pull it off. An absolutely magnificent goal. Worthy to grace the occasion that is today. So, of course, that was uh, Patrick Sheik scoring his second goal uh, against Scotland. But the question is, and you can buzz in or you can make any noise you want uh, with this, 
Who does he play his club football for? Us. Yeah. Yes, uh, that was Boyd. Bayer Leverkusen. It is Bayer Leverkusen. He's, he's stormed into a 2-0 lead there. Do um, the, you know what made me laugh about that commentary as well? It's like, w- when you get commentators commentating on national matches, you could just hear in his voice, he went, and the checks yeah. are on the brick. Yeah. It's just the sadness in his voice. Because it was like slow like, motion, wasn't it? It was like you're watching yeah. it, and, oh, you knew it was going to go in. Oh, yeah, I've been there. Name on the halfway line, etc. So I'd love yeah. to have heard the Czech commentator, like what, you know, arguably the best goal ever scored in the Euros, and it was the most downbeat commentary, understandably <laughs> ever. Yeah. Also, he yeah. said that it's a goal that befits the, the the setting and the majesty of this game. Or what is it? look, it's Scotland versus the Czech yeah. Republic. Let's be honest. Yeah. We, all, we, that, we, all that was missing was James McFadden under his breath, just going, "Fuck's sake!" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, there's two ways of looking at that goal, obviously. I mean, first of all, Mark, what, what was Marshall doing? I have absolutely no idea. I mean, a lot of people are blaming Jack Hendry because he was a centre-back that far up. And they were going, why is he taking a shot when there's three players? But first of all, one of the players he's going to pass to would have been Stephen O'Donnell, who had a shocking game. So he wasn't going to pass to him. And also, he scored from a similar range against Holland in the friendlies. And he just hit the post with a shot. So he was completely entitled to have a go. And half the stadium were probably yelling at him to have a go as well. But I've never, ever seen a keeper that far off his line before. Like, I understand modern keepers have that kind of sweeper role. But that, I mean, he was, he was practically on the halfway spot. It's unbelievable. Is this, great... is this a development in, in international coaching that Steve Clark's brought in, though? Is this like Rush Keeper? Like <laughs> Rush Goalie that we used to play? <laughs> It yeah. might work out. It might it might catch on like every other fad, you know. Yeah. Don't knock it until everybody's tried it. <laughs> we we used to play we used to play not only when I was a kid, we used to play not only rush goalie, but sometimes something we called monkey rush for some reason, um, uh, which is where anyone anyone could then save the ball if yeah. they were close. It wasn't even just one keeper who could yeah, come we out. Call, we called it backies and aces. Within a certain <laughs> area though, surely. Otherwise oh, yeah. that, then oh, yeah, it just yeah. becomes handball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, you couldn't you couldn't Maradona it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it, what a goal, though! I mean, the 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 way the way he took that, the, the curl on it, it was uh, it was brilliant. That was the longest range goal. Here's a little bonus. I'm throwing this one in. Uh, that was the longest range goal at the Euros since which year? Anyone? 1988. Nope. Ian, do you want to guess? I, I said 1988. Oh, sorry. What did you say, Mark? 96. No. And you said Boyd? Um, 84. 1980. I'm afraid no points to any of you for that little bonus question. Uh, So, out of um, how many of Scotland's seven European Championship matches have they failed to score? In how many of Scotland's seven European Championship matches? Yes, Ian. Six. Nope. Two. Three, three, three. Nope. Boyd? (laughs) Two. (laughs) It's two, isn't it? (laughs) No. Five. Five. Is it? Yeah. Jesus. they scored. Uh, they beat the uh, the CIS. Remember them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, the C- yeah. They, they went the C- on to become a really good insurance firm, didn't yeah. they? they? They made their way out of football. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They beat the CIS three uh, 0 in ninety two, uh, and then the Switzerland one 0 in nineteen ninety six. This game, Scotland against Czech Republic, had the lowest amount of what in a Euros game since 1980? Was it corners, TV viewers, skill, good-looking players, fouls, <laughs> substitutions, free kicks, or interest? Us. Yes, boy. Is it corners? Nope. Oh. Free kicks. 
options again, Barry? TV viewers, skill, good-looking players, fouls, substitutions, free kicks, and interest. Fouls? It was fouls. Uh. Yes, <laughs> points to Mark. 12, spread evenly, six each. See? Decent, decent blokes. Decent gentlemen. <laughs> well, that's decent not what you want, no, is it? Decent gentlemen playing the game the way it should be played, Ian. <laughs> not like the fucking thuggery we'll see tonight from the French. Uh, well, listen, listen, it will go both ways against the Germans. There's some history there. We have so, history. What, do you? So what's, yeah. the, um, what's, the, uh, what's the mood in France? Uh, I should explain to the listeners that, that Ian actually resides in uh, La Loire Valley yep. in uh, in, in France, what's the, what's, the, what's the mood like there? It's I mean, been quite odd, because uh, I've been here for 16 years and this is the first time I've seen people sort of get excited before a tournament. They don't normally do that. In, in When we first moved here in 2005, so you had 2006 World Cup, the year after, you wouldn't have known there was a World Cup going on until France qualified for the final. Then all the bunting suddenly came out in the in the boulangeries and all of that, and 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 then it was just removed within five minutes of of the end of the match. It was it was you know so there's a real kind of I think they think they're going to do it. You know, we I say we. Yeah. Do you consider yourself how French do you consider yourself? Well, I'm, I'm dual nationality. I'm dual nationality, so I'm English and 50. French now. My uh, my I'm not. It depends who's playing. Um, I I got my French nationality just before the World Cup final in 2018, two days before, uh, which is very emotional because I never thought I'd ever see my nation win a major international <laughs> tournament. And you are wearing a cravat, which proves you're French. Exactly. This is a Basque cravat, but I've also got the the Angleterre t-shirt on as well. I, I, I like to I like to I like to hedge my bets when I'm out. I'd love just to see the, the confusion of, of people when you go into a boulangerie game. I mean, he speaks really good French, but like Michael Caine. <laughs> it is that. Je voudrais un baguette. Yes. <laughs> okay, so final, final, <laughs> final question on Scotland. Uh, at 36, days and no, 36 years and 101 days, goalkeeper Marshall became the second oldest player to appear for Scotland at a major tournament. Who's the oldest and Us? how old was he? Yes, Boyd. Gary McAllister? Nope. Oh, okay. No. How old were you going to say? I was going to say 36. I'm going to give you a point for 30. No, I'm not actually. Um, I'm not going to give you a point for that, I'm afraid. Um, That was uh, was Marshall's age. (laughs) Is it Gordon Jury? Nope. Uh, Ian? 36. I'm trying to work it out. 36. Who are normally the old old players? Well, it's defenders. It's not not Colin Hendry. No, Colin Miller. No. Willie Miller. Go on, you can have another go, Mark. Jim Layton. Yes, it was Jim Layton. Uh, How old do you yeah. think he was? Very good. Uh, 38. 39, I'm afraid. I can't oh. give you that, even though I gave, <laughs> even though I gave Boyd for six years out earlier on. Just, just, the, just the way it goes, just how I'm feeling. But and I think Jim Layton was with Arsenal as well, until like at some point, mm. when was he was really, really old. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, we, and we famously shared a goalkeeper, because, of course, Boyd, I'm a, I'm a Spurs fan. Uh Pat Jennings, Pat, Pat Jennings, who, who, um, who, who who's revered at, at both clubs equally, I would say. Yeah, rare, very rare. Yeah, absolutely. just like Stoll. And yeah. yes, <laughs> yes, we love him. We both, both love him completely. Pat Pat Jennings and his massive hands. There was uh, 
years ago, <laughs> well, obviously years and years ago, I, I was a kid, my brother, uh, who's three years older than me, we, we were children, and the, uh, I think the BP garage were giving out little figurines of football players, and there was one of Pat Jennings, and it really scared my brother, uh, so he used to get it out all the time, my brother used to flap his hands and just go, oh, Pat, 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 Pat. <laughs> just a little fact for you there, a little bit of, a, little bit of nostalgia for me. Um, okay, uh, let's, have a, let's have the next clip, please, Leon. Jabbed in by Shekhovranovic. He's been on the pitch less than a minute. What was happening there? He was on the pitch less than a minute. Gravanovic. I'm looking at, I'm looking at some blank faces here. Apart from Ian, who was just looking off, off camera completely. I'm not sure. Yeah, I was, was just looking, 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 looking at my final. Or, or, or just checking the, uh, checking the Portugal score. I wasn't sure for a second. No, I'm checking um, the Portugal score, yeah. It was, um, it was, the, uh, it was the disallowed goal against uh, Wales. Yeah. Uh, with, uh, of course, VAR... Uh, Coming to the rescue for the Welsh. I was listening to that game. I was driving down to uh, to Cornwall, listening to it on the radio. And uh, James Collins, uh, the ex uh, West Ham uh, and Wales defender, was stubbornly, stubbornly still refusing to admit that VAR can be good in certain situations. He was having none of it, <laughs> yes. even though his national team had just yeah. been saved from from a defence. No, no, still wouldn't have it. Still, <laughs> but. <laughs> It was offside. <laughs> nope, he was having none of it. It was quite weird, actually, as well. On, on the on the TV coverage, they were quite, quite... It was clearly offside, and they were kind of being a bit... like They weren't quite sure. They almost like couldn't believe it. And they were like, is it going to be VAR checked? And like, everything's VAR checked anyway, let alone an obviously offside goal. It was bizarre that people were kind of... You know, they scared. did the same. They did exactly the same on the radio. But I t- I'll tell you who wasn't doing that was uh, was was Robbie Savage. Can we have oh, the second? Can we have the second clip, please, Leon? <laughs> this must be offside. The way that Welsh defence was static. Yeah, it's offside. I called it, Steve. I called it. A very very tense moment indeed. Yeah. <laughs> offside. Oh, yeah. no, brilliant. <laughs> He's, he's so uh, excited. He's such a wallflower, isn't he? And yeah, I, I, yeah. I love the way that he made the decision purely on the fact that the Welsh defence was static because, mm. you know, that never happens yeah. otherwise. <laughs> yeah. And for a bonus point, uh, how would, in one word, each of you, how would you describe Robbie Savage's hair? Mark? Majestic. Majestic, Boyd? Surfer chic. <laughs> or is that two words? Ian? It's hyphen- I'm going to go hyphenated. Yeah. Unnecessary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just really, because you're on no points, I want to get you off the mark. I'm going to give you the point there. I did like Surfer Chic as well. All, all good answers. All good answers. Uh, Kiefer Moore uh, scored Wales' equaliser. Uh, can you name three... Of the clubs or any of the clubs that he uh, that he played for, and I've got some clues here. If you don't know, um, one of them is a Southern League side in Cornwall's only city, Plymouth. Next, okay. that's, that's Devon. That's Devon. <laughs> uh, one of them is a Dorset club sharing its name with a famous London hotel. Okay, that was Truro City in Dorchester. Um, this could be a long round. I've yeah. got, got ten of them here. I, I, took, I took these straight off the BBC website. I did, did the quiz. Right. So, one of them is a, is a Somerset National League club who had one championship season. Taunton. No, it begins with Y. Yeovil. Yes, boy, Yeovil. Uh, uh, let's do two more. One of them is, uh, he signed for this club for Mick McCarthy. Ipswich. Ipswich, Ian, yes. And the final one... Um, uh, the 2013 FA Cup winners. They beat Man City, if I remember rightly. Wigan. Yes, Wigan. Uh, yeah. Ian. 
There we go. Three points. The other clubs were Barnsley, Rotherham, Torquay, Forest Green Rovers, Viking FK. Uh, <laughs> does anyone know what uh, what his job was when he was in Torquay? Well, I mean, he played for Torquay United, so arguably he was a footballer. <laughs> <laughs> arguably. I'll, I'll, give you, um, uh, I'll, I'll give you some clues. Uh, I'll give you some answers, multiple choice. What was his job in Torquay? Was he a fisherman, a nightclub bouncer, a lifeguard, a gigolo, an aeronautical engineer or a quantity surveyor? Um, yes, um, Mark. A lifeguard. He was a lifeguard, yes. Oh, and excitingly, it's three points each. <laughs> <laughs> can, uh, can anyone tell me where that game was played? Azerbaijan. It Baku. was, yes. Baku, yeah. Baku, Azerbaijan. Yeah, I mean, we've done away with the buzzing, but it's, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not, Buzz, I'm, Azerbaijan. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Ian. <laughs> Buzz, Baku. Be <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, um, uh, okay, just before we go on to this, which Wales player has the most caps? Uh, yes, Mark. Aaron Ramsey. No, no good Buzz, guess, but Buzz, not the right answer. Point. Gareth Bale. It's not Gareth Bale. Buzz, him? Neville yes. Southall. It's not Neville Southall, although he does have 92 caps. Gareth Bale has 93 caps. But the most capped Welsh player, interestingly, is Chris Gunter. Oh, yeah. that's a good fact. Wow. Yes, uh, maybe the I think the only does even Chris Gunter know that? Mm, no, <laughs> he, did, he, did, he, did, he, he was at Tottenham for a little bit as well. Chris Gunter actually, he was at, yeah, Forest and uh, Tottenham. He's been, he's been around a bit, but he's like a player you never really see. No, yeah. he played for Germany with that name as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I like I liked him when he ran the coffee shop in Friends. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what did we think of? I thought Switzerland were good. Yeah, yeah. Mbolo looks really, really lively. They're a good team, Switzerland. Really yeah. good team. Do you uh, think they've got it all to do? Wales Granit- now. They're playing next Sw- Turkey. They're playing Turkey. Switzerland on, uh, propelled by Granit Xhaka in the midfield. Midfield dynamo yeah. as he <laughs> is. He plays a hundred and seven times better for Switzerland than he does for Arsenal. I would say he's a he's a very divisive figure uh, amongst Arsenal fans. Are you a fan, uh, Boyd, or not? No. I mean, you know, he's become mediocre in the last season or, or so, which is like a massive step up from the terrible <laughs> that he was in the in the five years or so before that. But no, I can't wait. Apparently, he's going to go it's like to Roma or something. So I, I I can't wait. I have to say. And he had that incident abusing oh, the fans as well, didn't he? Terrible incident. Yeah. Nasty, yeah. nasty piece of work. Okay, right uh, for our final clip. Uh, what happened next? Now Sterling, Foden moving nicely in front of him. Phil Foden. Okay, it was in the uh, the obviously the obviously the obviously. game. <laughs> um, was it when was it when Harry Kane missed that he released his chance? Was that it? It it wasn't. Okay, it was um, it was actually when uh, Phil Foden hit the post uh, early okay. on, early on in the game. But which other player hit the post? Harry Harry Kane. Yes, he did literally. <laughs> Literally. Uh, um, okay. Uh, next question. Why did Southgate play Trippier when we have <laughs> two good left backs in the squad? <laughs> well, Buzz, my answer to that is in the end it was fine, wasn't it? I mean, it kind of it was all right. You know, it didn't. It wasn't a disaster, certainly. You know, I would say I would say Trippier played better than Harry Kane for a start. Yeah, yeah. Kane didn't have a good. Yeah, I, no. I mean, I, I can't I can't give you a point there, Boyd. Buzz, but, uh, because yes, go on, Ian. I would say that um, he wanted people who had experience of playing against Croatia in the World Cup semi final in the defence, and he only had John Stones, really, because yeah. Walker's not better than Trippier right back, and also the Croatians would be expecting somebody to go out left of their um, right back, and Trippier would cut back in. 
And he specifically it's what, it's what wanted, he called genius. That's right. And he specifically wanted to help out Mings, didn't he? He was worried that Mings yeah. might um, go yeah. crazy or something. So yeah. Trippier M- was there to help him. Mings, Mings had, I thought, really appalling, two appalling warm-up games. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, but he looked really good he was brilliant in, in that match. Yeah. yeah and, and they just had experience alongside him. So I think it was I think it was a good decision. He did. It was. It, it was. Worked a, out to be a good decision. It was a good England performance. Uh, oh yeah, let's, let's, let's it was honest. solid. It was, solid yeah. though. That's the word, isn't it? So, so I mean, it was as solid as you'd ever see England. But I wonder. I mean, I wonder if they played the same way on Friday against Scotland. I don't think they can. I think they have to be a bit more um, thrusting. I don't think so. I, I think. I think they'll. I think they'll Should have the um, defenders in their in their in their proper positions. I guess as well. Yeah. Um, it, and a more robust midfield, perhaps. Yeah. You know, it's. I mean, the, the thing about Scotland losing yesterday is that now all of England's terrified because, because they're really going to come at us on Friday. Mm. So it'd be, it'd be a different match. But those different those team. decisions were interesting and 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 vindicated. I mean, arguably, I, I would say out of the sort of three big decisions that that, that Trippier did did look very right footed and was having to keep. You know, and I would have said that actually, I still think that Shaw or well, Chilwell, I think was injured, wasn't he? But uh, certainly uh, one of Shaw or, or, or Chilwell, if he had been fit, uh, should have played. But the big decision, leaving out Jack Grealish uh, mm. and uh, and playing Raheem Sterling, uh, I mean, you don't get much more vindicated than that, do you? I mean, I mean, if it, mm. if it had it been nil nil and he hadn't scored and he had skied that one later on, then then it would be a, obviously a completely different story. But that's that's football, isn't it? But then also Grealish missed training today. They're still they're still monitoring his fitness. Okay. I think so, if Grealish, I think if he picks Grealish, it'll be in place of Phil Foden more likely. I think he'll, yeah. I think he'll stick with Sterling definitely. He loves Sterling. Sterling played really well and scored obviously scored the goal. But I think, I think much as we love Phil Foden and his silver blonde hair, um, he kind of ran out of steam. I thought in that game quite early on. I, Boyd, I got, I got in, a, I got my hair when I was at university. I, I decided to get my hair bleached, um, and I wanted it to go sort of white, and it sort yeah. of went more of a canary yellow. Wow. Um, and um, and that night, the very day that I got it done, we went to go and watch an England match, and Gaza trotted out with the Amazing. same hair, and, wow. and I'd got mine done first. So of course. <laughs> I'm just waiting because everyone thinks I'm, I'm taking fashion tips from bloody Paul Gascoigne. But Gaza was the height of cool, so people probably it was probably look it was probably fine. People probably thought you were great and cool, yeah. and he know. was never cool. Listen, I, I mean, I'm a, I, I'm a massive Gaza fan, and, and what what a player. But I, I don't know about I don't know about cool. maybe not cool. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> but the wrong word. But yes. it was the fact you were sitting there with a pair of fake plastic tits on as well, and people <laughs> went, "Oh, wait a minute, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with, with, with my mate five bellies, <laughs> yeah, <In> a fishing <laughs> rod." <laughs> <laughs> we, we had we had that actually we had that question in the uh, in the last episode uh, we we played the, the clip of uh, when when Gaza put Colin Hendry on his bum and scored that amazing goal uh, and then the uh, the question was what items did Gaza have on him? <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah, we, I forgot when I researched it, I forgot that he was dressed in a in a dressing gown as well. Oh, amazing! Yeah, of course. Yeah, fishing rods, cans of beer. Yeah, chicken. Abs- was there some chicken? Yeah, yeah, there was chicken. Yeah, yeah. It was chicken, cans of beer, a fishing rod, and he was in a dressing chicken, gown. Chicken, yeah, chicken. Brilliant, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, who was the last England manager to win seven consecutive matches across all competitions? Buzz. Yes, Ian. Ron Greenwood. No, much more uh, recent than that. Yes, Boyd. Oh, much more recent. I was just about to say Terry Venable. So, um... <laughs> so relative. Yeah. Is. <laughs> 
No, it was Roy Hodgson, actually, uh, in March 2015. Uh, And also, the other thing I was going to say was, what about the performance of of Calvin Phillips? Again, I I was was surprised he went with him, but he... Incredible. I thought he was extraordinary. And and, and the interviews afterwards as well, he he just just looked like a a, a young bloke, just so happy to be there. It was was joyous. And he he doesn't, when you look at him, he he looks like he he should be juggling at Glastonbury. He's got that look. It doesn't... It's a weird... It's a weird weird old look, isn't it? But yeah. yeah. The luminous hair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you know what the nickname... uh, is that's been given to Calvin Phillips by the Leeds fans. Anyone? The Yorkshire Pirlo. It is the Yorkshire Pirlo, yes. And that's actually, <laughs> God, the time's gone quickly, brings us to the end of the quiz. Uh, and uh, Ian, unfortunately, uh, you came last with, uh, with with three points. We'll win but tonight, don't worry. I'll give, you a, I'll give you a bonus point, actually, because you, you're stood and you, you bothered to set up a backdrop behind you. <laughs> you've, got a, you've got a neckerchief on, so you've got a bonus point. So you came level second with Boyd on four <laughs> points. And this week's winner... Uh, Maybe not, you know, in the in the in the in the football, uh, but in the quiz at least is Mr. Mark Nelson with five points. Well done, Mark. Well played, Mark. Well, well done. Thank Just you. Before we uh, before we we go, did did anyone bring uh, a fact about the, the Euros? Uh, I think I asked in an email. If you didn't, don't worry. Yes. We've got plenty of yeah. uh, Ian's looking worried. Ian, Ian hasn't, so I'm going to go to Ian first. <laughs> okay. Uh, I th- I thought you said fact or anecdote. Oh, I, or anecdote. Yes, fact uh, or well, anecdote. I, uh, yes, I did. This is um, Euro '96. Um, I've got a couple really, but uh, firstly, the England Scotland game. My boss at the time, it, he was getting married. Uh, on the, on that Saturday, and basically we were invited, and but I didn't turn up, uh, <laughs> and I went to the pub to watch the England Scotland game. Didn't work there again, and somebody spilt red wine on my white jeans, which just ruined the whole of Euro '96 for me. But also the semi final, I just started stand up, and I was I was working as an extra in this in this film thing, and I can't remember what the film was, um, but we were in this laptop. Uh, sorry, not lap. Like, there's a lap dancing club somewhere. I think it was in West Drayton. It was just some really romantic place, <laughs> and and I wanted to get away, but the director said, "No, right, you. Uh, I don't know who you are, but you're going to play the groper in this scene." <laughs> and it just went on and on, and I couldn't grope this woman because I felt really bad about the whole situation, even though I'm an acting and I'm supposed to be doing this properly. And I missed the first half of the semi final against Germany because I was in a <laughs> laptop. A lap- Dancing club in West Drayton. You keep saying laptop as if we're going to think it's not a yeah, horrible. No, I know. It's, 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 it's a. Fr- I've tried to. I've tried to take it out of my mind completely yeah, right, yeah. By, by, two, by bringing curries into it. Two Ian, points. are you sure? Ian, are you sure you didn't just try and grope a woman in a laptop? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was, I, I was, I was held in a police station and missed the first half of the semi-final. Finally, it comes out. Two quick points here. One, uh, white jeans, and you're saying it was Euro '96, not not '88, not eight. <laughs> Mate, uh, I, I think you know me uh, uh, well enough by now that I've not moved on in a dress sense since 1968. So we were wearing white jeans. I had uh, desert boots on and a jacket. Fair play. I'm sure you were very well dressed. When it, when are you ever not? Uh, and just just quickly on being on an extra, I was I was an extra. My, my auntie was working on the production of a of a Channel Four. Uh, drama about Oswald Mosley, uh, and there was a big scene that, that set in uh, um, uh, in East London uh, when they're, they're, the the brown shirts are marching through with the uh, in the Jewish community around. I can't remember the air. What's the, what's the name of it there? It's Cable, Cable Street, isn't it? Yeah, Cable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, we, we and we were extras, me and a couple of mates. And at lunchtime, there was hundreds of extras, and we 
and we all went off to we went off to this pub and we uh, and we thought hey, they're not going to notice if we don't go back. So we had a few pints at the pub and got really pissed. <laughs> By the time we got back, the crowd scene's going on and we are absolutely slaughtered. And they started handing out these these foam bricks that we're supposed to be throwing in this in this big crowd scene. So we started playing the game. Let's see if we can hit the director or the first assistant director <laughs> just before he says action. <laughs> oh my god, it was so much fun. Just okay, everyone, and speed and. Who's that? And there was just the only bloke who see us. There was a sound guy who was up on a stepladder um, with his with his boom, absolutely pissing himself. <laughs> uh, okay, um, uh, boy, do you have a fact for us or an anecdote? Um, uh, a couple of one. I wanted to mention the incredible Spain stats from the game, uh, the nil nil game against Sweden. You know that the possession stat. I mean, is Spain had eighty six percent possession. Um, and didn't manage to score a ninety percent pass accuracy. They had nine hundred and seventeen passes, and um, uh, Sweden had a hundred and fourteen. I mean, so I'm just mentioning all of those in a, the most yeah. amazing stats ever. Well, That's the, incredible. The, the, the first half, I don't know about the whole game, but the in the first half there was four hundred and sixteen passes, and it was the most yeah, ever in, ever, in yeah. a half of a European yeah. Championship match. Eighty six percent. Yeah, eighty six percent. Uh, yeah, are they, are, they the call, most... are they moving on from Tiki Taka to what they're now calling Gibraltar? <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing is, the funny thing is that um, that uh, that Spanish football expert who I won't name was on the TV going on about it. He's got rid of Tiki Taka, the manager. You know, it's all very fast. I know the, I know the interview. You, uh, yeah, the interview? and it was like the most Tiki Taka performance you'd ever seen in your life. I mean, they, had, they created chances. They get me wrong, but it was fucking Tiki Taka. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah. And my other fact I wanted to mention is um, there was a great interview. I say great interview. There was a really interesting article on Harry Kane, on Charisma Vacuum Harry Kane, in the New York Times last week by Rory Smith. He interviewed him. And you know what Harry Kane's favourite TV show was? And it's the best thing about it is it's because obviously Harry Kane is incredibly banal. You know, obviously, with all due respect to Spurs fans, and everyone who loves him, he's brilliant, obviously. But he is incredibly banal and boring, let's face it. But his choice of TV show, surprisingly edgy. Does anyone know? Naked no. Attraction. No. <laughs> no. Close. Dexter. Dexter. Wow. The US wow. serial killer series. I yeah. wouldn't, I so wouldn't Michael have Michael C. Hall. No, who would have thought? That's the, and that's now officially the most interesting thing about Harry Kane. <laughs> he, he, I mean, what, what, a, what a player he is. It goes without saying. He went to go and visit... Um, Ericsson in uh, in hospital. Yes. Um, I don't know if you saw the quote. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's just managing to string words together, so he's making good progress. Said Ericsson. <laughs> <laughs> Not my joke. I saw that somewhere. I but, saw uh, that. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, Mark, <laughs> Mark, do you have a fact? Hey, I've got a, a fact, and you, you can the three of you can try and answer it. Um, apart from being Scottish, all of Scotland's scorers at the Euros since we've been in it all share one thing. What is it? Rangers players? Nothing to do with clubs. Uh, um, uh, a deficiency of vitamin C? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Apart sorry. from the fact that they're Scottish. And apart from... <laughs> do their names all begin with Mac or Muck? They do. Oh, Very well done, boys. Yeah. Oh. How's that not to do with being Scottish? Oh, no, clubs. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Paul McS- well, Paul McStay, Gary McAllister, Ali McCoist, Brian McClare. Well, let's hope Kieran Tierney changes that on Friday. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, and uh, and unluckily for you, Mark, that question means that Boyd has caught up with you. Uh, <laughs> got an extra point. So 
Joint, joint winner, uh, and uh, Ian, you're the loser on this. Well, thank you so much, guys. Uh, thanks, for, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the rest of the tournament. Um, we'll be back in a few days with, a, with another episode and three more guests. We've got some great people coming up as well. We've got Joe Caulfield. Uh, we've got Chloe Petz. We've got Andy Zaltzman. Uh, lots and lots of guests coming up over the next few weeks. Uh, but thank you very much to Boyd Hilton, to Mark Nelson, to Ian Moore. Join us again and never write off the Germans. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit Playback Media. Sports Social Podcast Network.